Hello everyone, this is Life Talk and I'm your host for today, Olumide. It's great to have you and today we're talking about workspaces. It's quite interesting. Um, we actually spend uh, more time in our workplaces, in our marketplaces, on our business grounds than we probably do um, you know, with our families or at home. I mean, the average person who works will do his job 8 to 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, and, and then you have um, sometimes that going on from Monday to Friday and at times that happens even on Saturday. So you find that we spend a lot of our time in, in the workplace and your ability to, um, you know, be successful, be effective, be healthy in your workspace is, is so important because um, it's like an ecosystem. It affects what happens outside the work workspace. And what happens outside the workspace has an impact on um, what happens within it. So it's so critical beyond the fact that we we work to often earn uh, a source of income and living. It often contributes to many of us a sense of identity uh, and a sense of purpose. So lots of us have our purpose in life tied up to the work we do, not always, but um, as they say, you either love the job you found or you find a job you love. Either way, um, you can win. Um, and I just want to talk about three things today. And first of all is the issue of your legacy. Um, so you're in a workplace, you're in a business space, you're in a marketplace. What legacy do you want to leave behind? We can't take our activities in work as solely commercial. Because, like I said, you spend the most time in your workspaces. You um, meet uh, the most people most times in your workspaces. Um, you tend to build the strongest relationship in your workspace. There's even this crazy data that most affairs or extramarital relationships start in the workspace. So it's such a vital place. So to think it's just where you earn money is, is so limited and shallow. And so I have to ask you again, what legacy are you leaving behind when you leave that particular organization that you are working for? There's a story of um, Alfred Nobel. You might say that name sounds quite familiar. Yes, it should. He is the, um, was the what, sponsor of the Nobel Prizes. And uh, Alfred Nobel was uh, the patent owner for a lot of, um, the dynamite, a lot of, you know, inventions relating to explosions or wars or um, weaponry, and he got amazingly rich. Um, at some point in time in his life, he lost his, um, his brother, and the um, advert in the newspaper actually mistakenly put his name as the obituary, and he was tagged the merchant of death. And that kind of um, created a, a U-turn in Alfred Nobel's mindset about his work and that's basically where he um, he didn't stop creating inventions relating to explosions or to weaponry but he began to give a lot of money towards um, towards the invention of more healthier um, you know the sponsorship of more healthier inventions around the world and I want to challenge you you need to really think about your legacy in terms of um, competence we want to you want to aim to be a person who it said you gave your best. You know, we want to aim to be people that 
um, we sought to become experts and masters in whatever area of operation that we had to do um, work in. There is a saying, you could be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And sometimes it might be better to define that area of specialization where you want to really build niche skills, capacity, and you really want to make your mark in those areas. It's also important you consider character. I recognize that a lot of organizations, especially when you think of the performance appraisal or performance management systems, have come to balance character in terms of your behavior alongside the delivery of actual, because that's so important. Imagine an individual who is incredible at meeting targets, but when you dig deeper, you find he does that by ostracizing and hindering and disrupting you know, the ability of his colleagues, his, his colleagues in meeting theirs. That's not ideal because together everyone achieves more. So you want to have a climate where people have expertise um, and specialization in certain areas as well as have great character. You might be asking, where do I get um, you know, specialization? I will say the first thing you need to identify is what are your tracks? So what are the areas that you have happened to work in? What are the areas you have opportunities, not just to learn in a read and listen way, but in an opportunity to do? And so you need to look at your history and identify you know, uh, occupational tracks that you have actually done stuff. And then you can complement your experience with education. And then you, you build the education. So many times, you know, young people want to do masters. And then you look at, um, you know, people's CVs and you see, um, you know, a first degree in economics and a master's in, um, you know, in, in financial management. And you find they're working in human resources. Because I think we, 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 we get the, the horse or the cat before the horse. You need to look out for where am I getting experiences? Where have experiences opened to me? Because you have to understand life is by design. Life is by design. And the more we understand that and we begin to connect the dots, the dots of our lives, the better we probably will be. So look at where you've had opportunities, occupational experiences, and then make decisions around them as to how you're going to fuel or supplement your educational, your, your um, occupational experiences with um, occupational education. And that means you go do your certification, you uh, sign up to apprenticeship groups, or you go do whatever that might be, uh, a professional certification. And you know, today it's a global village. Uh, learning has been so globalized and virtualized that you can you know, probably get into um, different learning tracks with far greater ease than before. Um, you can you know, pursue education online. And there is a lot of, you know, support for learners today, you know, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, where there are more scholarships for those who are willing to pay the price to um, get um, education. So please, by all means, build competence and build character. There are lots of uh, character traits that will help, but I think um, there are a few you want to consider. You want to consider excellence, and that's basically a, a pursuit of what is uh, what is the ideal in every situation and pursuing that? Because that means that even when you don't achieve that, there is that sense that next time I want to be involved in this process of continuous improvement in order to attain the level of excellence. I think it's very important to be compassionate. Uh, we, we can't survive in a dog-eat-dog -dog kind of setting or a rat race. 
we are human beings and human beings are meant to have emotions and compassion. It is so key um, when you take note of your fellow travelers in your team, in your organization, and you're one of those people that can easily pick up when things are not just right in the realm of emotions. Um, and, and you can have those courageous conversations to help people out of their ruts and help them into more healthier places. So you really need to prioritize the issue of compassion. I think you also want to prioritize integrity and not just integrity in the um, you know, primary sense of, oh, I don't steal money, I don't take other people's stuff, but you want to be that kind of person that people know that if I engage Olumide as a sounding board, I would hear candid responses, I would hear frank responses. It might be wrapped up in respect, it might be wrapped up with tact, but they know that you will give frank and very honest you know, feedback about the reality of their work or their experience. And, and I think that is another character that we want to embrace and we want to uh, hold close to ourselves. And these are the things that really, uh, you, know, you know, help people to pay the price, help people to climb the ladders of, of their careers, set up organizations and then raise them up to be global brands. I think another thing is being willing to pay the price. There's always seasons of sacrifice. You know, and then seasons of rest, you know, you know, so you must be willing to discern, is this a season I have to sacrifice where I might have to work longer hours and, you know, do what? Not because I want to naturally just please a person, but you know that your occupational experience in that season is what you need to move to an, another level. So there's often that willingness to, to pay the price. You pay the price, you sacrifice in a measure and then you, you, you step back and then you hopefully influence for a, a better work climate or work situation that wouldn't require you, for example, having to work all night or work all weekend uh, to, to make things happen. I mean, these are just a few character traits that you want to consider in, in your pursuit of living a legacy. And I, I would really encourage you to sit down and look at what is valid in your own context. What are the healthy competencies and character values that are valued in your context, both in terms of your organization, but also in your industry. And you need to begin to define them as templates that you want to build yourself into and you want to embrace. You want to keep talking over yourself um, and you want to keep on exercising as opportunities uh, come to. One of the very powerful ways of de developing competence and character is through mentorship. Is, is having people that have made some progress in their journey occupationally and, and getting connected to them. Um, and I will say that there are you know, a plethora of mentors out there. You have uh, groups on LinkedIn, you have professional associations, and you know the, the world is so open and transparent in many ways that you literally can you know, identify the, the CVs of people out there and you can begin to humbly and respectfully reach out to people, um, you know, laying out your vision of, you know, what do you want to get? What do you, because, you know, nobody has time for this ambiguous relationship, which could either um, end up with the mentor wasting their time or you as a mentee getting nowhere or creating a climate for abuse and misuse. Because when, they said when purpose is unknown, misuse is inevitable. So when you go into a mentoring relationship and there's no clarity about purpose, uh, there is no scope of what you want to achieve, you know, it could either go into a state of being underutilized or abused. So you want to come into those relationships 
with a bit of clarity of what you want to hone, the skills you want to hone, the character, the learnings, the experience, and you want to present that, so to say, as, as you know, your request to this individual that is immense. And I think that's a great way to, to really, uh, beyond the initial rapport building and, you know, ex making contact, making connection, introduction, I think it's a great way when you have shown or, or seen some level of willingness from someone out there um, to, to move that mentorship relationship forward. But I must say, um, you need to have mentors. And I must also say that mentors are not necessarily always people that you necessarily uh, having conversations with once a week or twice a month. Sometimes mentors are in books. Sometimes it's about, you know, picking the books of people who have uh, made the journey you have. So, for example, if you're in management, um, you have studied the life of, for example, um, you know, Peter Drucker, for example, one of the great management gurus, or, you know, you have CEOs that had very strong people skills and revolutionized their organization by putting a special emphasis in that area. Or you find people like Steve Jobs that were amazing in the area of innovation, or people like Oprah Winfrey who have done incredibly well in the area of entrepreneurship and learning from them from afar. This is what you have to do. This is what I have to do in order to ensure that we are building our legacy of both competence and character. And I think finally, I would love to talk about the next generation. I think we do ourselves a great disservice. For example, um, you're a middle class family. You have a, a driver, um, but you never get your son or daughter to learn to drive. You have, you know, someone in the house who does all the manual work, sweeping, and is honing her skills and her capacity to manage and coordinate and organize. And then you have this child growing up in years from preteen to teen and pre-university, and they never get to be exposed to any challenge, any task, any responsibility in the workplace. And we do a great disservice of, you know, uh, not developing a development plan for our children. We need to begin to think like that. It's amazing how we go out there and, you know, we serve as middle-class professionals or whatever it is. And we talk about learning pathways and development plans. And it's either you're a staff engaging your manager around these things. How can I improve my performance? Or you're a manager engaging with someone below you. How can I improve their performance? But we come home and we never think of the next generation. And we think that, you know, just send them to school. That's enough. That's never enough. Because education is always one piece of the puzzle of how you actually build capacity. There must be education, which is, you know, what you read, what you listen to. There must be exposure, which is experience, uh, experience of engaging with people who have gone ahead of you. And there must be experience where you get your hands dirty, you fold your sleeves, and, and you try things out, no matter how it turns out initially. And we must begin to think this way for the next generation. If, if you think there is an inkling of what direction your children is, is to go through, or, you know, just the general skills of life, you know, how to be accountable, how to be a person of integrity, how to work hard, how to manage funds, how to manage time. There's some general skills that everyone has to master. And it's, it's quite unfortunate that we deprive our children, you know, uh, the opportunities, starting from the safe place of our homes, the opportunities to make things happen. You know, they don't tidy their rooms sometimes, they don't wash their plates, they don't have to manage time. We we make life so easy for them. And you know, in that way we we deprive them of a level of toughness 
a, a level of street wiseness that they need to really make it out there. Because the truth is that it's not so much your um, knowledge, you know, that, that determines your, um, your altitude, how far you go. But many times it is your attitude. And attitudes are formed, you know, in the quagmire of life and reality. Um, so it's been great having these conversations. By way of reminder, this is Live Talk, and I'm your host, Ulumide, and we have been talking about what I call workspaces. I said we spend most of our lives, for most of us, either in the business place, in the marketplace, or in that workspace. And so what happens there is so important. Today we have talked about living legacies, building on the areas of capacity and competence, and we have shared some you know, thoughts that hopefully it will be great to have those conversations further as how we can... Take that these thoughts about competence and, and you know and, and capacity forward. We've also talked about the power of mentorship and how if not handled well, mentorship could either fall into underuse or abuse. And that's why it's very clarity define uh, scope and purpose, time frames um, of what you want to achieve beyond the building of reports and introductions. We also talked about the next generation. We said this is we, we, we are involved in the marketplace and we're constantly seeking to improve ourselves. But many times we leave our children way behind, assuming that simply education is enough to develop them. No, we're encouraging us. We need to begin to plan and create exposures and experiences for our younger generation to build their capacity as well. You know, so it's been great having this conversation. Remember, this is Live Talk where we touch on hopefully insightful and instructive conversations on life issues. And hopefully we share some insights that you might want to live by. So please keep on living life by design. Until next time, God bless you.